Hey folks, this is Ben from Bitstorm and I'm just coming in up front here to ask you to go to dashawards.com and vote for Bitstorm for the podcast of the year. We've been kindly nominated by Dash Gamer. Go check it out. Click on our button. Vote for us. Do it. Now, on with your regularly scheduled program. Welcome to Bitstorm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Ben Slinger, and with me as always is Trevor Scott. Hello. Hello. We do know a little bit about game design these days. Since this is episode 102, we are in our second century of episodes. Yep, and we're not do- we're not doing the current thing of going to season two, episode two. No, fuck or any that. Of that bullshit. 200 episodes in season one. <laughs> 300, 400, Four one season, million. keep it going. <laughs> to the heat death of the universe, we will be clicking and pitching. Speaking of which, why don't you tell our audience about Click Pitch? Okay, so Click Pitch is a game where we decide to ramp it up a bit with our phrases again. We're continuing that mm-hmm. today. Um, so we'll play ramped up Click Pitch where we've each got a adjective and a noun that we get new ones on the counter three to one click we click refresh we get those words we shove them together come up with a game design and then we click again because it usually works out okay throw it away get a new one have some fun let's do it we try to laugh if we make it if we make each other laugh then hopefully we make you laugh we try to laugh if if it's funny we try to cry if it's sad we try to scream if goes into politics and we start thinking about the state of the world. Let's not do that. Let's have fun. <laughs> Three, two, one, click. Here we go. Boniest banker. Exasperated assault. Okay. All right. Well, boniest banker immediately made me think of a skeleton working as a bank teller. Okay. Yep. So, this is some sort of ne- necromancy, world where necromancy is a thing, but maybe people just use necromancy for like mundane tasks. Or things they don't want to do, or just like grunt work, or, yep. or so you know. What I, what I'm seeing as as part of this part of the story is you play yeah. the skeleton in the bank, okay. um, just sort of having to having to do almost. It feels a bit. I know that we always go to this world, but papers, please. But it's not going <laughs> to stay there. Yeah. It's not going to stay there. I feel um, like I feel like we need to 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 um, like tweet at the dev of papers, please, and just say thank you for fueling like half of our episodes. Yeah. Um, so basically it starts off sort of like that, that you're, you're dealing with a couple of, um, couple of different people who one person wants a money order. So you got to like check their, check their license and all this sort of stuff. And then this next person just wants to deposit some money into, into her account. And then while you're going through doing this stuff, someone comes in and tries to rob the bank. Okay. But where it sort of breaks out from the norm is that- um, breaks, this is where it sort of breaks out from the Papers, Please thing. It turns into more of a an adventure game sort of thing. Okay. What I'm seeing is that, um, like, there's more to this bank robber than, than just the fact that he's in here trying to steal money. There's actually, you know, it's- it's not that he's trying to steal it for himself. It's that he's being forced into doing it. And there's a, there's a bigger conspiracy behind these things. And just so, just so happens to be in like this mystical world in which, you know, you've got skeletons, you've got zombies, you've got. Yeah. All this any sort of, stuff any sort of undead kind of. Yeah. 
So I'm oh, picturing right. that you can like have some um, conversations where you're you're now a hostage in this in this sort of thing, but you're also trying to work your way out of this situation. You're the one who's been who has to talk to the negotiator on on the guy's behalf. And so, all right, so we're going with a narrative adventure, like sort of third person, three D, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I, li- I like so the you really get the the fidelity of of those uh, of that spine. You know, really yeah, showing up nicely in um, 4K. I'm almost seeing it as like an extension of the world of Beetlejuice. If you remember, oh, there okay. was That's um, an interesting way to go. I, I I remember, you know, in in that movie, they they go up and they they sit in the waiting room, and there's all these different sort of um, people the way that they died, and you know, there's sort of like emaciated people who are like just bones and that sort of stuff. I, I kind of like the yeah. idea of it being in that so this is a world sort of world. Wait, is it only them or are they alongside humans? Well, I, I think it could it could actually be that, you know how whenever you go to a bank and there's there's always a couple of tellers closed? <laughs> yeah. I, I'm now picturing that those this like- closed tellers are actually like ghosts going up to the, going up to the bank and, <laughs> and doing stuff there. <laughs> so, is it the scale? So, is this like- when humans see a closed teller and then we, we flip to, like, the undead world where it's actually that that teller is in use and, and it's by you, the skeleton. Yeah. Is that what you mean? Yeah, okay. I kind of like All that, right, so that That's interesting. Because <laughs> you could do some cool stuff where you flip in between. Well, maybe the- maybe initially- maybe it's that the undead can see the living the world, living. but obviously the living can't see the undead world. Yep. And maybe this bank robber that comes in is in the living world. Yep. So, but he, but he, for some reason, can see the dead world as well. He's kind of a, well, a Lydia, a Lydia sort of, sort of thing. In I that. was thinking it would be really interesting to introduce the concepts of this world by being able to just walk around like an adventure game without any. You're not actually in danger because the person robbing the bank can't see you, but you get to like solve some puzzles and talk to some other undead people oh, and yeah. sort of figure out the beginning. I like that. May, maybe something happens, and then at the end they they see you or something like suddenly they can see you. Um, and that kind of kicks off the, the main storyline that there's someone doing something to like breach, breach the the barrier from the living to the undead world. Yeah, um, I'm just I'm just wondering whether a sniper takes the guy out and you see the body fall away and the ghost is still standing there. Oh, that's cool. That'd be cool. But obviously, the ghost has got a, a hole in his head, and all of a sudden, he realises that there's this ghost all, all all the way round, um, <laughs> like. And they've been trying. They've actually been the ones thwarting thwarting his efforts, but you know yeah. he's he's still. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe being controlled by by someone. Right. Maybe it's that there is some sort of necromancy, um, and they were con- they were like controlling his spirit, which mm. you know while while they, yeah, maybe it's a necromancer who has just discovered not only how to control the um, like the dead and the undead, but the spirit of the living. Since you know that's basically all they're doing when they're controlling the undead anyway. Is sort of what's left of them, they're able to like take control of that spirit even while the person's living. Oh, you know what I kind of like. So the guy standing there gets shot through the head, and the the body falls away. The ghost just sort of turns around, looks at the looks at the other ghost, smirks, and then just lays down, gets into the body, and stands back up. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I like that. And and maybe maybe the ghost that's actually like um, that you see isn't isn't the the spirit of the um of the of the body. So it's a, yeah, like a totally they different. Look the same. Do, they they look totally different, and you know. 
it's it's now maybe the spirit goes into another into another body and you're now trying to trying to work out what what the fuck is going on and how mm. is this person controlling mm. controlling this and I don't know I've, I've got some good yeah that's cool cool different ideas that, that I did there's some really cool con- ideas there for just like there were nice set pieces yeah playing between those those two worlds and and playing as a skeleton I like that idea um uh, oh. What I what I kind of like is, do you remember that um, there was a game like ages and ages ago? I'm pretty sure it was called Messiah, maybe something mm-hmm. like that. And basically, mm-hmm. played little angel Shiny. that could, yeah, you yep. could jump into um jump into different people. Maybe it sort mm. of turns into a um a thing where you, the skeleton, actually have to try and like take over someone's body to actually let them know that this thing's happening and. Yeah. And so yeah, well once you start to learn about what's happening you're like, "Oh, like this is how, you know, possession works." But because you're a skeleton and not just a spirit or a ghost, it's actually really difficult for you. <laughs> <laughs> because you don't have muscles. <laughs> well, and you can't just you can't ghost just muscle. walk you can't just necessarily walk through things. Like you are still, you know, somewhat made of ectoplasm, but you're a lot more solid than the than the, you know, usual Yeah, which spirit. is why you can pick stuff up and you, you kind of like um Mm. And a Manny Calavera sort of sort of character. Well, yeah. Well, I'm thinking. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking a much more realistic looking skeleton. I love the idea of just this fully articulated, you know, all 256 bones or whatever it is, <laughs> wearing a suit, Walk, <laughs> walking around. No, I think they don't wear clothes. Maybe a hat. Maybe a hat. And you could play on that, right? You know, you could you could have some things about because all the all the all the ghosts like are stuck with what they. Uh, you know what they died in, but skeletons like there has to be something about skeletons are relatively rare and, and they're only produced in certain when, situations when people fall into acid and all that all that gets melted away is like the <laughs> the skin and muscle and everything. It's just all that's left was the um was the bones was the skeleton or yeah yeah perhaps or, or it's when they you died like, in the are, desert. Okay, well why cause, specifically cause, desert? Well, because I th- I think you know desert and the the sand just you know um. Eats away at the um at the bone at the um at like the skin at the very skin. quickly. Yeah, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. I think that I think you come up with some some way that it's like this is specifically how skeletons are made. It's only when you die in a particular way, and you're basically like your bones. It's almost like your bones are preserved while the rest of you dies or something. What I like though yeah. is that, or maybe it's just if you if you drink a lot of milk when you're alive, <laughs> <laughs> strong healthy bones. Um, yeah. What I like is the fact that. If we did a silent protagonist, mm-hmm. you can literally be, you can literally project yourself onto the character, like because it's not, um, it's not going to be male, female, trans, yeah, or anything like that. It's just going to be, just going to be a skeleton. And yeah, although I do like the idea of conversation with the skeleton as well. So I don't know. Maybe I guess maybe there's another skeleton, so you can still have those the back <laughs> you, and you forth between the, the two skeletons. <laughs> 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 I, I do love the idea of picking between different skeletons, and all that changes is just like slight ratios on the, you know, the forearm to the upper arm and the, the skull size and that sort of thing. Yeah, and and um, you know, the one extra rib or whatever. <laughs> it's like that's the only difference. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's that's cool. that's cool. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's Riddle. think again. Ceramic brief, flattering. Phonograph. A ceramic brief. 
So, yeah, like, so I was undies. originally thinking <laughs> ceramic undies, but then when you said phonograph, I was I was thinking, mm-hmm. okay, what if this was like some old technology that was found that was mm-hmm. like a phonograph that was recorded onto like a um a ceramic plate that is only got a brief amount of information on it. Okay, and okay. then and it's I'm all like, compliments. It's just a bunch of compliments saying, "Hey, you're you're doing well. You're doing great. That's why it's flattering." Yeah, it's it's a flattering phonograph. So it's it's yeah, it's can leave that bit <laughs> out. No, I like the idea of from a story point of view. Yeah, some sort of artifact is found that has these you know small grooves in it that people originally just thought you know was a pattern yeah. artwork, but someone realizes, wait a second. And they play it on their phonograph. And maybe it's not very flattering because it wasn't actually built for like a, and I'm using air quotes, modern day phonograph. Like it's, you know, tens of thousands of years old or something. Yeah. But and, it's and the same sort of technology. So the yeah. phonograph still manages to read it in a somewhat, um, you know, crude, crude manner. And that's how they sort of discover that there's, yeah, is it, are there words on there? Is it like some incantation? Is it literally just some like ancient man? It's his like, well, Diary. <laughs> what what I think it could actually be is yes, it it's is a podcast. It's, it's a it's a it's an early version of a pot. No, um, I think it can be. I think it can be like some old, um, some old dead language, sort of like you know that you haven't that has never been heard by human ears. Mm. Are we going supernatural with this then, or is it um, more of a scientific? Because I, actually, I was just thinking what could be really interesting. Well, I don't know if this is as interesting. Gameplay wise, but I kind of like the idea that it was almost it was recorded accidentally. Like there was this specific, they realized there was this sort of specific setup where, um, you know, the air on the air the the sound on um the air compression of the sound on a leaf moved the stem so that it like dug grooves into this clay which was slowly moving in a circle. So, you know, yeah, <laughs> and it's like and but it's this only recording we have of like. You know, actual sound from yeah, like fifty thousand years ago or something. Yeah, from from this really dead language. But then, what I'm thinking is, you can have almost like you're a scientist who's who's now cracked this code, and you've got these like other scientists who who are wanting to um who are wanting to like get um well find access out access to it or get access to it or whatever. You you've got a friend in some other university that you got to get it to. When you when you get there, you know he's he's this professor professor of all these dead languages and all this sort of stuff. The final thing that you find out is like when you translate it, it's like it's sort of like I like you very much, and it's just you know you you, <laughs> so, look, you look great, <laughs> and it's just all these flattering compliment compliments. <laughs> it's just like some caveman trying to pick up a chick <laughs> that happened to accidentally get recorded. And the whole game is spent like tracking people down to figure it out and translate it and understand it. It's just like hey. <laughs> You're pretty. <laughs> Me like you hips. <laughs> and club. <laughs> oh god. Um I, I just I just like the idea that, you know, it's it's so meaningless in what's actually being recorded. But yeah, um, well, there's, I mean, there's all these different like groups who are actually after it, so you've you've got to sort of like work out how to get this this <laughs> Yeah. This so what's the game what where, where are um, we going with the gameplay on this? I don't think adventure game. I don't think like um, 
Maybe is it maybe like, a, sort of like, like a, a um, Mirror's Edge esque free runner kind of? I don't know. You know, having to escape things and jump and hold onto this thing without yeah. it breaking or something. Yeah, that action adventure idea of you know running away from people. A free running adventure could actually be a bit of fun. Mm. Like, you know, I, I like the added twist of in a free running sort of thing. But you're like maybe often you're carrying something, whether it's this ceramic disc or or something else. So part of the free running is like you know you're gonna have to grab hold of something with both hands, so you have to like throw it ahead of you onto something that's where it's oh, not gonna break. God. Yeah, I like so that. you're like flying through the air, you have to like throw it onto, you know, a canopy up ahead where it's gonna bounce off. You know, you you grip onto the the pole and swing and catch it in the air and land or something. And then, you're, then gonna you're gonna you're gonna jump over this thing. You know that you've got it in the right hand, so you got to throw it over to your left hand to like put your right hand down, switch over, and then as you <laughs> jump over this thing, you you flick it back over to the right and you know pull on the pole to, oh, to turn you around if this you could, corner. If you could get that working well enough, yeah, that might be a little bit too in depth to literally like put it in this hand, put it on the hand, juggle it on my toes for three seconds. Um, but yeah, <laughs> hacky sack, bang, yeah, yeah, hacky sack, exactly. Balance it on my head. But yeah, I, I, uh, I like it taking away from, from an adventure game, but taking it to more of an action adventure of this guy just happens to be a, a free runner um, enthusiast. And so a lot of the gameplay is just get away from these people and, and yeah, get, to the, yeah. get to the train I, I'm, station. I'm picturing, yeah, like first person, like Mirror's Edge, um, but with a lot of uh, sort of uh, cutscene kind of almost Uncharted style, you know, buddy buddying up with people. And so you- you know, maybe or oh, that actually that could help a lot because if you've got someone else there, it, you can often just be throwing it to them and passing it back and forth as you do these moves. It makes it so you know if you really want to get a good run through, it's like all right, run up here, pass it to them, so you can fling, you know, and then you, you call to them to throw it back, catch it, um, you know, do your next little next little move or whatever. Okay, so what nationality are the scientists that are that are coming after this? Are they from all different nations? So you got. So like, I guess it depends. Why do they want it? What do they think? What do they think is the benefit of this thing? Um, I think if they if they work it out, they think they're going to get the Nobel Peace Prize for it, and that's what this whole this whole thing is all about. Uh, what you don't realize is that the scientific world, you like, you have to be like super super um, energetic and that sort of stuff because if you find something and it gets out on the grapevine, you've got to get away <laughs> from all these people because whoever whoever releases their um their they're like paper on it. The paper first um, is going to get so it's going to get cut- the rewards. Okay, <laughs> so it's the cutthroat world of Nobel Peace Prizes. Well, not Peace Prize, they just Nobel prizes. Nobel prizes, yeah, uh, like yeah. scientific prizes. Um, Maybe by taking them out, you actually can, um, like, if you if you manage to take out a couple of the um, scientists on the way, um, <laughs> they, they actually them. T- take them out. They get nominated for Darwin <laughs> Awards. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, at the at the end of each level, it sort of tallies up how many um how many Darwin awards you you may have unlocked, and and different ways of getting the Darwin awards. <laughs> so you can no, you don't actually physically kill anyone. It's just all like tricking them into doing stupid things. Yeah, like, like running in front, in front of cars of and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> falling down like a manhole. <laughs> Oh, I'm just I'm just imagining now you're running down the street and you see this guy coming up the manhole. So you you run, you jump, you you um you sort of uh, step on the guy's head and you just keep on going. <laughs> but the but the next one comes comes through and just falls down the manhole because the guy's moved out of the way now. <laughs> I love the idea that everyone coming after you are wearing lab coats. Like you know that they're 
Oh, yeah. Their arrival sign does because they're wearing a lab coat. It's flowing behind them. I mean, other things that I'm seeing in my head is, you know, during the park level, you see, um, I'm picturing like you got all these skateboarders and stuff and they've all got lab coats on because they're, they're all also- um, They're a gang. They're a gang of roving scientists. <laughs> and you got to sort of like, that's the stealth level of getting through like the um, the skate park. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I love the idea of just, yeah, like the Nobel Prize is so prestigious that- Everyone becomes a scientist to try to win it, and they know that this is a shoo-in. They get hold of this ceramic thing, the ancient dead language. That's awesome. Um, what, what, right. I, what I also like is, you know, maybe some of these um, jock scientists, they don't they don't even care what it is that you've got. They just see that you're running, and they know what's going on. So they go, oh, that guy's that guy's running. Obviously, the, he's got something important. Got, that guy's got some science. Let's <laughs> let's retrieve that. Let's de-science de- him. I don't know. I just, I just really like the idea that there can be scientists anywhere. So um, oh, you're totally. running, you're running along the street, and and you see, you know, some workmen, and in the midst of them, there's a guy with a hard hat on and a white lab coat. And it's like, oh shit! <laughs> it's got a white lab coat and like the fluoro vest over the top. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I, I like that you can have like different modes for like pacifist mode, where you don't actually have anyone killed. Um, like you got to try and you know get away while keeping everyone else alive, you know. You gotta- Maybe there is a way to get through it without throwing the disc at any point, just by switching hands, like you were by saying. S- by switching hands, by choosing by choosing the right way to actually go, the choosing the right um, route where you can do it all one handed. What you didn't what you didn't actually realize is that right at the very start, if you if you just like rang a taxi, then you could just sit in the taxi <laughs> just the, whole the entire game. <laughs> <laughs> but but you actually have to sit in a taxi in real time for how long it would take you. So it's like an eight hour taxi ride. Um because that's how long the game is otherwise. Yeah. I, you just got scientists banging on the windows. Oh, I, I, red I just really like the idea of, you know, you finally get onto the train and it turns into a, like a um a um you know oh, you got, like you've a got tra- disguise yeah. on and you gotta try and keep yourself stealthed yeah. in, in this thing. How big and- is this disc? Like how hard is it to to hide? It's a, it's about I'm thinking it's a tube, about the oh, size. Oh, okay. Because like, yeah. um, I'm just I'm just picturing you know a tube is. I was thinking record shaped because we were talking phonograph, but yeah, it could be like a like a you know a um, music box style. Yeah, I, I'm picturing it's, it's it. almost like <laughs> like a relay baton <laughs> sort of size. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> so as you see him running with a relay baton, you know it sort yep. of makes sense as to why you can switch hands quite easy because it's sort of like yep, you're only totally. holding it. Um, I like yep. the idea that, you know, you can sort of roll it um, along the ground and that sort of stuff, but it, that can damage it. And Yeah. Yeah, it can't fall too far, but you can maybe, like, do super, um, you know, skill shots throwing it through things. I don't know. Through things, okay. you know. I, I, the I, things that you I throw. I really kind of like that. <laughs> it's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, that is cool. Three yeah. to one click. Yeah. Paperbacked dab. <laughs> this works well. Merriest teenager. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. I'm seeing a modern day Robin Hood, but with teens. Okay. Yep. So, a sort of a retelling of Robin Hood and his merry men set in modern day with teens. Cool. Um, 
Um, so rather than Sherwood Forest, I'm th- I'm thinking it's like Sherwood Elementary School or something like that. Yeah, like Sherwood High. Yeah, yeah. This is totally like the Netflix, you know, original, just yep. called Sherwood Sherwood High. The sheriff is a whole monitor, or or just the principal or something. Oh, I guess it could be another teen, yeah. No, I'm picturing the well, sheriff is, is, like, your whole monitor sort of person, and the king is, like, the principal. Right. Well, I mean, the sheriff's pretty- And the, yeah, vice, I guess the, sheriff the, the vice principal is, like, the, um, is, like, the, the, um, you know, Prince John or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever the prince- the, the evil prince was. That's right, yeah. So, the the principal is is away- well, wait, because the king was- a- Yeah, that's what I was going to say. The king is a- Yeah, the king is away. Yeah. Um, what was the king's name? What king was it? Uh, good question. Um, king Richard. It was King Richard. Okay. Yeah. So, Principal- Principal Dick Richard. <laughs> um, Dick Richard. <laughs> <laughs> Principal Richardson is away- on um, a uh, professional, you know, professional development course for a couple months, and so yeah, vice vice principal Johnson is in charge, and they, he just like in that short amount of time, he's just ruling with an iron fist. Um, and so Robin, now I kind of like the idea of. Because it's a it's a it's it's a non gender specific name, so I think you can choose your main character. Yes, um, choose your gender, Robin. Um, they are like fighting back. They're fighting back against this oppressive um, school school government or whatever. Okay, so what what I'm seeing is like you've got like um, different the different like casts of of um, classmates. So you've got the the rich. Um, you know the the snobby kids. You've yep. got the um. You've got they're the- on, and they're they're pretty much on board with uh with Vice Principal Johnson. They they like him. Yeah. Um. What what I'm even picturing in this particular thing that the um the sheriff is like the um is like the son of the vice principal. Oh yeah. Yep. Yep. Gets special treatment and and kind of. Yeah. Which is why everyone, which really. is why he's a hall monitor and all this sort of stuff. But um. Yeah. You know in this. In this world, the whole monitor is like the um, is the be all end all sort of, sort of um, position that you can have because you you have complete control over, over. Oh yeah, you know who can who can be out of class and all this. You sort can of put stuff. out. You can give detentions, right? That's your yeah. your main power. You can give detentions, and uh, so everyone's kind of kind of scared of you, but hates you at the same time because you're also an asshole. Yes. So the sheriff is, uh, or the whole monitor is like the. Like the complete arch uh, asshole character, he's the main antagonist, um, yep. with a supporting supporting this of of you know the father saying you know doesn't do anything wrong. My um, yeah yeah he's the you know yeah the the perfect child. Yep. To vice VP Johnson, hate that guy. Got to do something. Get back at him. So what are we going to do? Than archery, my merry men. Rather than archery. What I'm thinking is that you can like use computer programs to to steal from the rich and give to the poor, the poor sort of thing. Oh, it's like all on your phones. Yeah. So it's sort of like, can we give the um, phone? Is this yeah, go on? 
Well, I was thinking it's sort of like Watch Dogs, but good. Yeah. Hey, Watch Dogs <laughs> is alright. Um, well, I kind of, I like, you know how in, um, uh, you know how in Romeo and Juliet, Basil Lohman's Romeo and Juliet, they, mm-hmm. like, all the guns had names and it was like, this is my sword or whatever. It's like yep. my, they call it whatever. I like the idea that the brand of phone is like, Something, or- but like, yeah, like it's the Arch- uh, Archer company or something, or like the Arrow or something. Yeah, or you can have the longbow, and you can have the you can have the crossbow, yeah. and you can have, um, yeah. I just I do like that idea. Um, yeah, yeah. D- different so they're using for these the, for the phones that you can upgrade as you, as you go. Like, um, yeah, or maybe they just have different things. Like, you know, it's got more powerful, you know, Bluetooth or something, so it can it can hack from further away, but it doesn't have as much. Memory in it, so you can only pull down a certain amount of data. I don't know. Whatever the gameplay ends up actually being. Now, um, I'm thinking robbing from the rich and giving to the poor is more around. Um, I think grades. a lot of this. Ha- a Maybe lot it's of grades. It's either. I don't. I don't like the idea of these people. You know, not actually doing work. Um, I like the idea <laughs> of it. It's actually lunch <laughs> no, privileges. Um, oh, okay. Well, maybe you've got like a. Yeah. Okay. And just privileges in the school. So. Yep. So, you know, you can, you can take away- Hall the, passes and toilet yeah, breaks and, and, yeah, like, s- special- People um, getting, getting their 120 that- stolen and, and you getting that back for them and- Yeah, getting- and, Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. so it's, it's, it's a- It's definitely, you're on the right side, you're trying to stop all this corruption actually happening. Yeah, but you're um, doing it through illegal means, basically. Like- Yeah, well- Tricky. Yeah. Cunning, cunning means. Cunning means you, you- you don't want to be caught and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. I, I like the idea of having, having, you know, your, your merry men that, that can provide different, different services as you go. Like I'm picturing, you know, your, your little John character being like sort of a sports jock, um, being yeah. good at, good at baseball or something like that. Now that, that can, that can be, you know, male or female. It doesn't actually really matter. I kind of like the idea of a little, um, little Jane. Little Jane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think you can mix it up. Um, but I like that idea that maybe that character is, like, because they've got an in with the jocks, right? Like, a yep. lot of the jocks uh, are often going to be that, that privileged class and, and a bit richer or whatever. Um, but Jane or John is, like, that. they are actually, you know, they come from the same sort of family, perhaps. Or, or maybe they don't. Maybe they come from a poorer family. But because they're good at baseball- They've like they've got an in with the jocks who who like who like. What, what it almost like yeah. is that, you know, there's there's a couple of potential you know little John little Jane sort of characters that you can sort of befriend oh. who you want. Yeah, you can co- like choose. Yeah, choose, yeah, yeah. Choose your um choose your merry men. So you've you've got like a male female equivalent for each one, and you can sort That's of cool, mix and match. Actually. Yeah, um, f- and you you've just you've got, got the roles, different skills, the but- roles that basically get get filled. Yeah, yeah. I like that. That's really cool. Because because then you know you you're not having to to choose that. Okay, because yeah. I'm a male character, I'm only getting male friends. No, you can actually you know befriend befriend the um the the female baseball star, and it doesn't have to be called. I really love yeah. the idea of the the final band of merry of merry people <laughs> yeah. um, that you have by the end. Like, there's a bunch of different com- combinations you can have. Then it's really going to be unique to your story. Mm. Um, even though overall, you know, obviously they fill the roles in the stories is, is similar. Yeah. Um, so you've got your fry attack and I think they like work in the canteen, like work yeah, in the tuck the- shop. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh yeah, yeah. I, I reckon that they're the um, kind of like if you remember when we were kids, that occasionally you had student helpers in there. Exactly. So you can yeah. have like the student helper helping yeah. out in the in the tuck shop, and they they and, they, and help they hear get, gossip. Um, well, and they hear gossip from the lunch lunch yeah. people too, like the the servers but again, and the cooks. Know, there's, and- there's the male and female version in there, and you just happen to befriend the the one that you want. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I think we can yeah. do that with all of them for sure. And then you've obviously got the love interest, um, which again, you know, you can you can choose mm-hmm. who you pursue, uh, but you've got Marion or you've got Marvin. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we don't have to go with the names, but no. we can obviously make it make it obvious which which roles. I do like playing around with that a bit. Um, so you know, maybe the male oh, love you know, interest you know what? does like you know his last name is Marion or his middle. Maybe you find out his middle name's Marion. Or, or it's it's literally you know the further you get in the game you can actually set code names for each of each 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 right. of the people so yeah, it's yeah, sort yeah. of like you know early on you know you're in English and they and you're talking about um you know the society of Robin Hood and and the Merry Men and oh, all this sort of stuff like, yeah and so you sort of take reference that on it. as as you know it's inspiration it's yeah. inspiration you you say oh you know all, We've got we've got you know a sheriff like character, and then all of a sudden, you know, you and your friends group, and basically your friends group are, are the first sort of people that you you sort of go up to and talk to. Mm. So uh, I'm almost picturing this as a bit of an RPG, even. yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, like kind of a, a Mass Effecty thing. And I mean, part of that I think is just the the options around the your companions and stuff, but it, it feels like that sort of game. Um, yeah, um, I mean, I haven't played it, but. You know, persona sort of filters through my mind a bit in that you can sort of choose your choose mm. your crew in that, mm. but you know, keeping it more to it to a um a Skyrim or fall, Fallout sort of RPG in that. Yeah, you can- yeah, well, yeah. And I guess so. The thing is, this I guess maybe oh, because I'm trying to think of combat. Right, it's obviously not going to be actual combat. We've talked about having the phones, but maybe you actually do like there are sort of game like battles that you that you have with the phones in some way. That are skill, you know, skill based and also based on your stats, obviously. But um, yeah, kind of, kind of like a, um, almost like a, you know, a Pokemon mini mini game sort of yeah, thing. Exactly. Yeah, I almost thought of Pokemon. It's just the in universe version of, of you know. Oh yeah, well, you know, let's play marbles, and it's like it's a digital marble sort of game that you that you're being strategic about and that sort of stuff. Yeah, it's like a game that the whole school takes really seriously. Some mm. sort of social, social competitive mobile game. Um, and you'd like take them down a notch or something if you, if you beat them and they slink off embarrassed. And that's how but you, maybe you, maybe know, what you can find make out it through is, certain situations. Is like, if you, if you challenge like the, um, the sheriff very early on, they totally obliterate you. And. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The whole thing is they're actually, they've got a, they've got a hack on their phone that actually call uh, that. And enables this to happen. Well, and maybe know. it's like a completely unbalanced game where the more powerful a phone you have, like the more processing it can do and it can beat me more easily or something. So it is about building up your phone. Yeah. Like upgra- upgrading your phone um, as I, well I, as your sk- as I'm skills picturing, general, I'm picturing but- now the mission in which the um, the vice principal confiscates your phone. Oh, yeah. And then and you're, you're, you're stuck with an old like flip phone. You go around, well, you go around phoneless for a little while. And right. so-, so you literally have to sneak or run. Because you know you're not going to be able to battle anyone. Yeah, and you know that you're not going to be able to rely on you know the GPS signals that that you've been relying on in in the past. So you don't have that. You don't yeah, have the you've mini got map. No you don't have a with your yeah. merry band of 
people of, of merry teenagers. <laughs> this is really cool. Yeah. Merry teens. Merry teens. Yeah, I like that a lot. I like that a lot. Um, I think that could be really quite interesting. Yeah. Cool. It's got some interesting stuff. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Three to one click. Oh, and also you obviously can dab whenever you like. Oh, yeah. I thought that was just a given. <laughs> that was just obvious. The teens. Yeah. Reprimanded date. Equestrian Joker. Have you watched Bojack Horseman? <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. That's where my mind went. Um, some sort of anthropomorphic horse. So, where my mind went was the start of Orange is the New Black. Okay. Cause what, sorry, what were your words again? Reprimanded date. So, I like the idea date. that right. you, pl- you play a character who's been taken, uh, who's been caught doing something bad. You've been given a, a date to turn up at prison. Mm-hmm. And it's your final sort of trip across, you know, America. Um, going to- Oh, okay. And just yep. your relationship with your, with your partner. Um, I, your I like the idea of it being set, you know, maybe around Red Dead Redemption times and that, you know, the trip that you're going on is, is horseback. Right. Okay. Um, and just, just something about the, the adventures of, of going on a cross country trip to, to get to this place and just, the companionship and and almost a so no, sort I'm, of a I'm, more linear, yeah, less more, combat, less combat based. Yeah, it's more, it's more around relationship, Red Dead intro, introspective, pulling up to a um, you know, having conversations with with the partner along the way, almost a um, you know, an interactive novel sort of sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, it could almost be a very zen-like experience of just kind of just riding along, having to, like, hunt for food. I mean, again, in a similar way, Red Dead Redemption has a lot of that sort of stuff in it, but a bit more linear and a bit more just calm and... Yeah, it's and a, yeah, just sort of it's telling a walking the story. simulator on a horse. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like that. And, you know, obviously, occasionally you do come through towns and you find people that you know and you develop those that part of the, the story and the relationships... Yeah. Uh, maybe you do play a game of cards, but instead of just focusing on the game with, you know, standard things that they spout every time you win, it's like there's actual conversation happening. Hmm. Um, what, what I'm picturing is that the person that you're traveling with, maybe, maybe it's sort of an, in an unreliable narrator sort of thing that, you know, you think that this, that these people actually have a relationship, but what it actually is, is almost a, um, you know, this is your police es- escort that's taking to the, um, taking to the prison. So they do, you know, you know, they're going to be out of their sight, but you get this, um, this whole feeling that there's, there's something there, but it's not really there at all. You know, it's just someone who, who they've never met before and they just happen to be going on this trip together. Yeah. But that sort of, um, you know, maybe it comes apparent when, when this person actually, um, you know, they're, they're talking in the, in the, um, at the restaurant the first night and, the saloon, the saloon, or where, wherever, <laughs> <laughs> um, and and the the bartender sort of mentioned something as, about you know when they're coming back through, and the police guy goes, "No, we're, we're not, not going to be coming through, or this one isn't going to be coming back through anytime soon." Yeah. And it's just sort of a bit awkward. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, idea. that's that's interesting. Um, what are you thinking? The kind of moment to moment gameplay is then i guess is it just around 
a lot of conversation? Um, a lot of conversation. There's, um, like, maybe as you're going, you can, like, see see some different- some almost scavenger hunty things along yeah, the way. Yeah, I was gonna say maybe you've got a bucket list because you know you're not expecting to get out anytime soon. Uh, and <laughs> on the bucket list, I've always wanted to ro- to rob a train. <laughs> <laughs> I've always wanted to live till I'm ninety and die in my sleep. Uh, can you do that for me before you take me to jail next week? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I just mean, and, and it's sort of it's maybe it's just things that you can look out for. Learn no, to juggle it. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, that's where the jo- that's where Joker comes in. Oh yeah, I forgot about the Joker. I, I just I just Cards. like the uh, card games. It's fine. I just like the idea that you got like thirty days to get to this place, mm. and okay. so pretty much you, the companion is going to try and keep you on on track. I'm but- getting a bit of a Kentucky Route Zero vibe. Yeah, not, not so much to- the surrealism. Need to get back into that. Yeah, not, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. I don't think the final one's out still. Okay. Not so much the, the serialism, of it, obviously, of it, but just it's very it's very much just a, a calm kind of experience. Very serene. Hmm. Yeah. I'd- but with these interesting undertones of, of the, yeah, the backstory of the characters and stuff. Um, I mean, one thing that, that I've been reminded of with the conversation that sort of is going is, Remember in God of War how you never really wanted to get out of the out of the boat because the conversation was so good that yeah. they were just yeah. telling stories and all, all this sort of stuff. You're sort of heading off and you're doing, you're finding things that you're looking around, but you're also listening to, listening to a really interesting conversation between these people. And um, when when you get to these different places and you got you got to eat every night, you got to sort of work out where you're going to stay each night. And yeah, and they just tell little stories about their past and yeah, yeah. That's cool. I like it. I like Pretty it. Like- okay. I'm not going to do this. Do it like this for the rest of the episode. It's our ASMR again. What are your words? Starriest mannequin. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, folks. Sorry. That was that was me. Starriest mannequin. Ooh. Dormant. None. N O N E? N U N. Okay, dormant none. Dor- well, I mean, dormant makes sense if they're a mannequin. Starriest. So. Got some- All right, okay. Um, Travis got something. I'm, I'm picturing, like, you've just moved into a um, this convent. You're a nun? Yep. You're you're a new intake, and your first your first thing that you've been told to do is to go like clean out this attic. Are we talking sort of modern day? What sort of time um, period? Kind of like the idea of it being kind of old, um, because Maybe like the like forties or something like this, this, oh, this century or even. Early. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking. I'm thinking early 1900s. So there's no yeah. real. Like electricity, the they've got like candlelight that, yeah. Um, this nun is walking around with, yep. Up there, working in the attic, places down the um, places down the the candle, and then like there's a slight breeze and it goes out, and all you see is sort of like outside. There's like it's a clear night, so you can sort of see that there's like stars everywhere, and there's just a little bit of moonlight streaming in, and that's when you see the the um the mannequin. Okay, the mannequin, capital M mannequin. Thing is, 
you swear you saw it move. When you finally relight the relight the um the candle, you you actually get to get a good look at this mannequin, and it's a mannequin that's dressed up in a in like a much much older version of like the nun habit. Is it? Does it have a head? It's got a head, but it's got a blank right. face. Yeah, faceless, faceless. Yep. And so what I'm picturing is that when when your character goes to sleep that night, you have this vivid dream of like this faceless nun stalking the hallway. Mm. So we're obviously talking a horror game. Of it's sorts. a horror game. It, it, <laughs> I'm, I'm picturing that you know you've awoken this um this force in this from this mannequin because you're you touch it or or something like that. Yeah, you know, and you've basically. So this was like the habit of a nun who was abused and tortured or something, probably by the clergy. You know how it goes, mm-hmm. and and killed horribly or something, and they're they're basically. You've awoken them, or you think something yeah. else? So I think that's at least that's what you know. You start to believe. I'm I'm picturing that you know a couple of days go by, and you know you cleaned out this attic, and the the mannequin has been thrown out. But there's a storm one night, and you're you're walking around the hallway with you with your candle, and it's the only thing that's sort of providing you light. Yep. And you swear you see a figure move just just off. You know, it, just just out of sight. Thing is, you know for a fact that you're the only one here in the convent tonight because everyone else is down. Um, you you got you got in trouble for for like speaking out during during mass or something like that. So you got um, you got kicked out of mass for tonight. Yep. And you're the only one in this convent, and you and that's where basically the the real game starts. All right. So. Again, what's the sort of moment-to-moment gameplay? Obviously, are we thinking third person, first person? I'm thinking third person, alone in the dark, sort mm. of slow moving, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that behind the shoulder sort of thing. And you, it's best to be wearing headphones because you know we've got awesome 3D audio and all this sort of stuff. I do and- like that idea of. Uh- a quite cl- like the camera being quite close to the character. Yes. Which I think is somewhat unusual. I mean, they, they, there's a bit of that, but like, I don't know, it'd be interesting to experiment with almost directly over their shoulder. Do you know what I mean? Like you're almost right behind them. Yeah. So, so literally, um, you know, you sort of see from um, the waist up on the, and the character's slightly um, on the left half of the screen. So you see mainly yeah. right and you, that inner right hand is where the, um, where the candle is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Something like that. I was thinking even whenever you could get even closer, just to really get that intimacy happening. Hmm. But I think you just have to experiment with how that would work on screen. But no, I just, I like the idea of, you know, you know for a fact that no one's coming back for a couple of hours. And is it, is it in your mind? Is is it it just about discovering then what happened to this nun? Discovering what happened to this nun. And then does it come back to the fact that, you know, you've actually had some trauma that's happened to you and mm-hmm. you don't mm-hmm. remember it because, you know, the mind is funny that way that it can actually block out some of the worst things that's actually happened Yeah, to you. And it could, you know, it could feel like it's supposed to be this horror game, but what it's really all, you know, things that have oh, happened to you in the past that is even scarier. Do you do a bit of a, not quite a gone home, but- is this more like? Does it turn out that it's kind of all in your head? Yeah, I think or so. Or is it? Okay. I, I, I really like that. Um, 
you know, sort of everything was in your head. You're hearing sounds, you're hearing all this sort of stuff. It's really spooky as all fuck. But, you know, the things that are that are playing out are things that have, you know, either happened to your character and you can sort of maybe end up in, you know, you go through, you go through a door and you close it up and you're like in a room that is definitely not in the convent sort of thing. And you're going through right. an old memory of yours, like where you see this this little girl being, you know, smacked or something like that. And it's just you don't necessarily see everything that's that's happened in, in the life, but you start getting the idea that maybe maybe this is actually you or this girl or or you you're led to believe that this is, you know, going through the um the mannequin's life. Hmm. Yeah, I think you think as you're doing it that it's the history of this mannequin, but and maybe and I think there is some history there, but um, a big part of it is just how you're connecting to it with your own experiences. I kind of like the idea that um, you know this this whole um, mannequin thing is just a hazing ritual that the um, that the other nuns you know. <laughs> sort of put so they you just through, come back in a couple of hours, find you like crying on the floor, um, and they jump out going, oh, "It was just us," and not realizing that you had this whole like traumatic past that. You connected with them, yeah. And I yeah. think <laughs> I know. I I kind of like that idea. It's just yeah. No, no, no. I think that I think that could make a really cool game. Hmm. Um, the walking the yeah. walking simulator, the um the the echoey castle sort of thing. Oh yeah, if you did the sound design right and the lighting and stuff to really make um, it seem like you were um like seeing things, you know. Yeah, I mean, just sound effects and. The, the sound of um, rats scurrying, you know, could just be absolutely terrible. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, terrifying. Cool. Okay, let's go. All right. One more? One more. Three, two, one, quick. Muddied Sandman. <laughs> <laughs> Evangelical blowing. <laughs> okay. Now, uh, my mind went to, in two different directions for Sandman. One is obviously Spider-Man um, being one of the, his sort of most popular villains. And he didn't, he didn't show up in the, the recent one. So, I think there's fodder there for, for the sequel. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, then there's the sort of classic Sandman who comes in and sprinkles sleep dust in your eyes or whatever and puts you to sleep and gives you nice dreams or not. Which could be more interesting, actually, now that I'm sort of saying it out loud. Yeah. I'm sort of leaning, leaning in the Mr. Sandman. Yeah. Send me oh. a dream. Bum, 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 bum. I'm, I'm seeing literally the trailer. You play the Sandman. And well, you play. Maybe you play a Sandman. Okay. Like, there's not just one Sandman. It's yep. it's a job basically for, or, or you're brought into be. You know, there are multiple set beings whose whose job it is to go around and basically deliver dreams and or nightmares to people. So what? is is this a mystery game in in that um, you you get called into into your boss's office because all these um you're a loose cannon, Sandman. Well, I'm I'm picturing all these dreams all these kids. Good. No, all these kids that you've been giving giving um you know supposed good dreams to have all woken up with like night terrors, right? Sort of thing, and so you've got to try and work out. You know who is actually who in the department is um like switching out the dream dust is switching out the dream dust or or is someone <laughs> else coming it. in and and putting the the nightmare dust? What's what's the connection between in- the kids? Like why? What's their motive? Yeah, 
So I'm, I'm picturing, you know, the trailer is just um, a whole heap of different scenes of, you know, the Sandman sprinkling like the little little bag of sand into the um, into the into the kid's eyes as they as they're going to sleep. I'm picturing yeah. that the the kid closes the eye and you see like the the clock go tick 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 and then just holds there <laughs> as the Sandman walks in. Like it's like time has has frozen. As he does that, Sandman walks out, and then it then it ticks again, and then yeah. you know sort of gets a gets a smash cut to a um to like an overview of this town playing the Mister Sandman music and and just all these different Sandmen you see like going from house to house in different streets of this town. Yep. Um, they're all they're and all then, really and jolly right and end, all this sort of stuff, and then yeah. right at the end you you get that sort of like it just cuts to a kid yeah and to a kid like kid screaming bolt upright in bed yeah. And the, so that's the, that's the sort of like the trailer. <laughs> this is a horror movie. We're really going dark this episode. But the thing is, I'm not thinking serious. I'm thinking that the, the the whole thing is that you're not you're you're doing the right thing. But there's, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's someone who's doing something wrong. There's a rogue you've... Sandman, basically. Yeah, um, I'm thinking. And so are these just oh, all right? So here's the thing: are these normal nightmares? And this is just how nightmares are given. Or are they? Is it like sometime like why do kids? Let's figure out the law here. Why do kids have nightmares ever? Is are there reasons for the Sandman to give nightmares? Are they a teaching experience? Are they or are they sort of a bit of a glitch where it sometimes doesn't go quite right? Like there's still a factor of the child's brain that has to be kind of like is there some sort of if you're a really good Sandman, you like mix your sand correctly, you know, per child to give them good dreams. But okay. if you're not not quite as good, then you'll get the mix a bit wrong and that'll give them, you know, nightmares. Is it is it like a, is it like a, an amount of sand? So you know, you've weighed out that you need five grains for this for this uh, per eye. So you do the five grains, and yep. you know because you you've used like you. I'm picturing like he's got a device that he can sort of tell. Okay, these are the levels of the serotonin and all this sort of stuff, and therefore really five like grains. The head, yeah, scans okay. the head. Five grains is is going to give perfect. It's going to put him right into that sweet spot. Yeah. For, for good dreams. Puts puts five grains in and, like, I'm picturing just a couple of the kids, not all the kids, just a couple of the kids have have had nightmares. And, you know, nightmares only happen when, when a Sandman fucks up. Yeah. But these are, like, real bad nightmares. Yeah. I just to, had an To image. the point that you, you could imagine that, um, you know, this, this kid's levels are so high that 100 grains of, of this sand wouldn't even have given this. Did you just dump the whole well, bag on their head? <laughs> well, I was about to say, I just had an image of this kid sitting bolt upright in bed with all this sand, like, coming off their eyelashes and eyelids and stuff, like, as if it has just been dumped on there. Oh, literally, they, they start rubbing their eye and there's, like, a pile of sand. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not even sure there's a game here, but I love the idea. Well, I, I think it's sort of like a um a CSI mystery sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anytime that you walk into the walk into the room, like, and you can be doing investigations during the day, like the people that that live there are still going about their business, but they're always in a different position, frozen as you walk through. So, oh, that's cool. That's cool. So you can could, you just you like put actually- people to sleep? It, it well, uh, do. So, so this Sandman doesn't necessarily put people to sleep. He just deals with the dreams. So, just deals what with happens the dreams. if you like give people sand while they're awake? Is that daydreams? Do they just like lose their focus? Oh, maybe. And but maybe there's ma- some gameplay elements to that. 
Yeah, so I, I'm thinking that um, you can actually, if, if you're within sight of these people, um, you know, you can you can maybe hold a button to actually freeze. But you know, if you if you can sort of hide in the closet or something like that, and then you know, let go of the button, then everyone will start moving. But if you start seeing the person coming closer to to the cupboard that you're hiding, and then you've got to hold it again, and you know, sort of. Oh sneak right! Out so of there a and stealth element, but stealth you've got element, full, but you've got full, full control, control of time, and yeah, that's cool. That could be interesting. Um, I kind of like the idea again of it being this third person behind the behind the character view. I know. I just feel I love this idea of you open the door and there's a guy right right there. He was about to open the door and come through. <laughs> the idea that he's so close, you like you have to squeeze out. You can't open the door all the way. <laughs> oh, it's just, just picturing the animation on that. Yeah, just, that, just picturing cool. like this. Maybe, maybe and you head back to like San, San, Sandman Central, and there's just peeps, people bustling around everywhere with their bags of sand. And I'm picturing know, one, one of the nights you um you you're in this you go into this room and um you get the feeling that there's just some, something not quite right mm-hmm. and then you find out that someone was breaking into the house as you as you're actually going through oh right so yeah, that's good cool. um you have to like do you have to stop them or well well what i like is is like they're carrying the tv as you walk in and they're frozen in time. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you can you can remain frozen in time and Maybe take the TV go out give of their like, arms and put it back on you the- You go give one of the parents a nightmare so they wake up. And they wake up and they hear a noise downstairs or, yeah. or you know, you, you, set a, you set a teacup that is sort of um, teetering just behind, just behind one of the guys and he knocks it over and that wakes up the parent. <laughs> just this idea of, you know, you, can, you can't physically interact with- with this, you know, it's against the um, it's against the um, the Sandman Code of Honor or something like that. Yeah, but you can kind of just like bend the rules a little bit. But you you know what I like about this? Mm. Your character isn't like supernatural or anything like that. This is all just technology. You just oh. you just work for the government. Like there's there's actually this is a federally funded sort of sort of thing <laughs> that is um. You know, it's sort of like this technology was created many, many years ago. It's sort of like a combination of um, alien technology that originally this was like an alien department that aliens would actually come in and look after this. And when our technology reached a certain level, then they, they let us in on the, on the idea. And we now have, you know, all these people that are actually employed to do this. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of funny. I like the idea that you don't necessarily reveal that right away no because you've got this like super high level t- you know what seems like magic to just be able to freeze time and give people dreams yeah even, but, the fact even that it's, it is- but um you can maybe do the end of the end of day two like uh the first day you end up doing a double shift or something like that because you've you've got a sort of um you got the night shift then you got the day shift yeah and then you get the night shift again but then the next day you go home and you you actually go see um your family and they, they like live just just down the road from these these other kids, and yeah, you know it's yeah, just yeah. a normal family. It's like I'm picturing that it's like all all these problems have happened on this one cul-de-sac, you know, okay. like court or something like that that has you know like twenty houses on it. So you've only got a small sort of area, and you live like one one street over. Yeah, yeah. There's some really cool stuff you can do with that. I know, again, it's got a lot of narrative stuff in it, but... Yeah, we've sort of been going heading down that direction. That's all right, though. 
that's okay. Um, you know, the sort of things that you can actually do in the game, again, is, you know, you can move things around, you can, while you pause, but you can also, like, search through papers and, and try to find clues to, to prove to your boss that you weren't the one to do this, that someone else had actually been in the room and had caused. I wonder if there's something around the, the dreams as well. I don't know. Like, that you can, I don't know, maybe you can see the, no, no, that's maybe going too far. <laughs> Well, what what I've what I'm thinking is that normally um, sand men don't have dreams themselves, but your okay, character on okay. their night off they go home and they're they're laying there, and then they get that um that whole they start having a nightmare. They wake up and they've actually got sleep paralysis. Mm, interesting. And you can actually have a guy that comes in the room. Literally, you ca- you can't like you can move the mouse all you want, but your character is always just going to be looking just off to the side, and you can't move. And you've just got this character coming closer and closer and closer with a mask That's on. Fucking and just, creepy. Yeah. Kind of creepy. Yeah. What do you reckon? <laughs> I like it. I like you, it. You're not going to go to sleep tonight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is pretty freaky. Yep. Uh, all right. I think we'll end it up, end it there. Yep. This week. Sounds good. Came up with some cool, dark narrative shit, but that was fun. So, yes, that, thank you for joining us this week on BitStorm. Uh, if you want to find us online, the best place to go is podchaser.com slash BitStorm. All of our stuff is up there, uh, including, you know, YouTube and uh, Facebook and Twitter and iTunes and all the, all the good stuff. Yes. And we'd also like it if you could please check out all our friends at the AGPN, the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network. Um, they have been so supportive of, of, us and everyone else in, in the um in the network. So search for hashtag AGPN on Twitter or the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network on Facebook. Go see all those lovely people and check out their podcasts and then Yeah. That's yep. about it. Finally right. we'd like to thank Crudust for the song Mount Defiance off of the album Containment Failure. If you yep, like that so th- that's me playing the bass. <laughs> yes it is. So, thank you again for joining us this week on Bitstorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Trevor Scott. And I'm going for a horsey ride. Well, (laughs) I'm going to dab with all my teenage friends. (laughs) 